This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, all of our great stations across the country. And you can chime in with your Unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend as part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve at Evco Radio, EVCO Radio. If you want to follow me where the poll question is up, a bigger scene, a Colorado game or a Chiefs game, as last night Taylor Swift brought everyone there, right? She brought Ryan Reynolds. She brought Blake Lively. She brought Hugh Jackman. She brought everyone there. Adana Kelsey Travis's mom mm-hmm. and Jason's mom went from sitting at the Eagles Commanders game with Jake from State Farm <laughs> to going to the Jets and the Chiefs, won by the Chiefs, 23-20 last night. Great performance by Zach Wilson relative to Zach Wilson normal performances. Uh, going to then sit with um, Taylor Swift and her whole crew uh, last night. So a fascinating day for Donna Kelsey uh, yesterday. And you can chime in on your unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend at 888-SAY-ESPN. Well, New England and Dallas, we thought it was going to be a good game going in. <laughs> uh, coming out of it, it was not by any stretch of the imagination. I think the first thing we need to do is give credit to Dallas for dominating 38-3. was not a game outside of the first probably two or three drives of the game. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Michael Parsons, who was in the game way too long. I would be petrified if I'm Mike McCarthy of him getting hurt. I understand that Michael Parsons is the best player in the field. You got to say, I'm sorry, this is good to go. Get out of here. Uh, but it was an absolute destruction. And I know it as a Pats fan that this week is going to be a referendum on the last 20 years. And I'm going to have to listen. Belichick's not that good. It was all Brady. He should retire. He's over the hill. Mac Jones stinks, which he does. Uh, <laughs> I get it. But that's what they have now walked themselves into here. Yeah, I mean, listen, let's not bury the lead in talking about Michael Parsons. That was Bill Belichick's worst defeat in his NFL coaching career. And this guy been coaching a long time. He's been a head coach uh, 25 years. And you're talking about that being the worst defeat in his NFL career? I I mean, losing the way that they did, it was non-competitive. I mean, they've traded field goals in the first couple of possessions. But after that, it was all Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the drive chart for the, the New England Patriots goes turnover on downs. Uh, sack fumble for a touchdown, three and out, pick for a touchdown, punt, interception that leads to more Dallas points, three and out. Uh, I mean, punt again. Like, it was just, it was absolutely awful football. And there were mistakes in that game that, that just shouldn't be made. Like, Mac Jones throws it across the field and then a couple of plays later throws it again, tries his luck again, and it ends up being a six, a pick six by Deron Bland. Those are plays that your quarterback can't make. You, you can't put your team in that type of situation. And Matt Jones, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is, should know better in year three, but either you're coaching it or you're letting it happen. And the fact that this Patriots team only has one win on the ledger, and that being to the Zach Wilson-led Jets, should scare you. Now, it's been an absolute brutal schedule to start the season, but it ain't getting easier no time soon for the Pats. They got to find a way to get some real wins instead of all of these moral victories against really good teams. And until they do that, I think it's fair to question whether or not Bill Belichick and Mac Jones should be a part of this team moving forward in 2024. 
That is such a tough decision to make. Not necessarily about Mac Jones, but if you're Robert Kraft and this continues with Bill Belichick, despite all of the success he's had in the past, you're going to have a tough decision to make. And Mike Reese has a note up at ESPN.com that Bill Belichick often says when a player has the football in his hands, he holds it with the fate of the entire team. Do you feel comfortable with the fate of your team in the hands of Mac Jones? Right Hell now? no. <laughs> no, and I'm a Pats fan. And let me shout out Mike Reese, who I don't know personally, but I read his stuff every day, especially Sundays. Guy's unbelievable, Mike Reese of ESPN.com. But I want to go back to one thing here. This You're talking about, and we're all talking about, CC how bad yesterday was. And it was horrible. It's actually going to get worse in some areas because Matt Judon is potentially out for the season yeah, with a bicep, bicep injury. And Christian Gonzalez, their rookie cornerback, left with an injury yesterday. So they were without their top four corners. And those guys aren't coming back next week against New Orleans. And now they're without their best, arguably maybe their best overall player on the entire team in Matthew Judon, red sleeves for those watching on television. And as soon as, and Dallas, give them credit, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, as soon as Christian Gonzalez went out, they literally ran that lob pass in the end zone on Miles Bryant, who's literally like 5'10", if that, with C.D. Lamb. They attacked it immediately, as they should. And Mac Jones, here's my frustration with Mac Jones as a Pats fan. Hmm. I know he's not the most physically gifted. I get that. But I thought I was getting someone, for lack of a better comparison, that was Chad Pennington. A former quarterback with the Jets and the Dolphins that I knew every game my quarterback was going to be smarter than the other guys on the field on offense and defense. That his decision-making was going to be greater than anyone else's. That his accuracy was better than any talent that could be at that position more so than his. He has provided none of that. Literally none of that. And he has regressed as his career has gone on. And this is a very tough pill to swallow because I'm not sure, CeCe, if you're more mad as an analyst in this case at Bill Belichick, the coach, or Bill Belichick, the talent evaluator. Well, I think it's Bill Belichick, the coach in this instance, because there's no way you go into that game with Dallas and you say you're going to have less than 30 rush attempts. Yesterday, the Patriots only had 23 rush attempts. Like, you, you're going to have to run the football. Like we said, the formula for success against the Dallas Cowboys defense is 35-plus runs. You saw it last week against the with, with the Arizona Cardinals. When they ran the football, they were able to have success. And they didn't just run it to run it. They ran it right at Michael Parsons, who was the best player on that team, no fair dodging, and they're going to make them try to play a physical style of game to keep that pass rush off your quarterback. You didn't do that yesterday. And it was clear that Mac Jones was looking at the rush. He wasn't looking downfield at his receivers. He was hitting his back foot, looking at where the rush was, and trying to run away as soon as he could. And when your quarterback is playing like that, it's going to make it hard to have productivity in the passing game. So, again, I thought the game plan for the Patriots offensively left a lot to be desired, but there were still some mistakes that Mac Jones just can't make. Defensively, I mean, it's tough when your offense gives up 14 points without you being on the field. So, I mean, that that, that kind of tilts the game, and you know that once the Cowboys get up by double digits – it's going to be hard for you to find a path to victory because of how dynamic their pass defense is. But again, I thought Bill Belichick lost that game in terms of the overall game plan, and then Mac Jones just sealed the fate with the uncharacteristic mistakes. Do you think if the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick that he will try to coach somewhere else? 
And if so, what's the appetite for him right now? Because he still is one of the greatest coaches of all time. We just had the graphic on TV with Tom Brady, the winning percentage, 763, without him, 481. There's a lot of questions about Bill Belichick without Tom Brady in the mix. But I still imagine if he were to part ways with New England, that some team would be very excited to snatch him. Well, he'd be 72 next year. I mean, so if you're. But don't you see him wanting to. He's he's a different breed. But if you're a team that's firing your head coach. Do you really want to start off with Mac Jones? I mean, with Bill Belichick? I mean, you're yes. firing you're firing your head coach. It's going to be likelihood a multi year rebuild. Is Bill Belichick the way you want to go with? I mean, a guy that's that's creeping into his mid seventies. Is that what we want? Let's just use this as a hypothetical. If you're the Chicago Bears and you move on from Matty Abraflus and the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick and he wants to come to Chicago, do you take him up on it? Of course, I think that like. Think the, he would have his pick of any job he wants. I don't think the age matters. I think that it. First of all, I think. How do you mean you don't think the age matters? Of course it matters. In this case, with this guy, because it, it's not. Here's the thing: the Chargers wouldn't hire him. Well, well, the Chargers is a a different situation because you're talking about a team that was in the playoffs last year. Right. I, I think, yeah. and, and a team that's at 500 right now. We'll see what ends up happening with them. But yeah, I, I think if you're a team like the Chicago Bears. Bill Belichick ain't the tree you need to be barking up. I mean, th- th- this is going to take some time to build it out, and you're going to have to do it with draft picks. And Belichick hasn't exactly covered himself in glory when it comes to the draft and being a great talent evaluator. You also got to understand this. He's not signing up for a situation where he's going to be working in tandem with the general manager. The general manager is going to work for him. Are you okay ceding control of your franchise and allowing Bill Belichick to be the quote-unquote football czar? In that way, he has not been Bill Parcells-like in terms of being able to find and develop the right kind of talent when it comes to top-tier draft picks. And that's what the Chicago Bears are stockpiling, top-tier draft picks. So I just – I don't know. I I just don't see that as being the direction that a team like that should go. Now, if it ends up being the L.A. Chargers – Okay, you can make a case for that because that's a team that has the talent in order to compete at a championship level. They just don't have the coach. And who, for some reason, insists on going for it on fourth downs when he has a lead in his own territory late in games. Again. He tried to give it away again to the LA, to the Las Vegas Raiders. But, yeah, if it's a situation like that, it makes sense. Yeah, Ed. I wasn't saying the Bears. Like, yeah. By the way, you're, first of all, the Patriots should not get rid of him. That's number one. Number two, when you ask, is he going to coach next year? I think it's interesting, and people are going to think I'm nuts when I say this, but if he wants to coach, are we sure it's in the NFL? And what I mean by that is I'm dead serious. If the if the Navy job ever opened, or I'm not kidding, I could see him coaching lacrosse. He loves lacrosse so much that if he was just like, you know what, I'm going to coach one year in lacrosse, it wouldn't. I don't mean lacrosse Wisconsin. I mean actually lacrosse, yeah. like Paul Rabel. I, I'm telling you, he, Cece, you know that yeah. he's quirky, he's different. He is he is so comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't care if everyone thinks this is what he should be doing. He can coach high school football next year if he wants. He's that pure to the sport. I, I don't know. I, I think it may be crazy, but Bill Belichick is different than the rest. I would absolutely not in any way, shape, or form get rid of him if I am New England. What I would do, though, is I may have to put a little pressure. you got to get me a quarterback who's proven. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. You're saying you wouldn't get rid of him, but it's not trending in the right direction. I mean, you're talking about them being on the outside looking in. If they missed the playoffs this year, three of the last four years, and it being, what, five years since they won a playoff game? Like, I mean, at some point, you have to acknowledge that things are getting worse, not better. And if you listen to what Robert Kraft said all offseason long, we're not allowing players to chase individual accolades. It's no different when it comes to our head coach. We get that Belichick wants to break the all-time wins record set by Don Shula. 
Doesn't look like that's going to happen in New England. It's certainly not going to happen this year based on what this team is doing. Where are they getting the wins? Where, where are they coming from? That, I guess that's the thing. It's like outside of the Jets game, I, I mean, it just it feels like a situation where they're overmatched every single game. And even with Belichick putting together solid defensive game plans, they just don't have a chance based on what we see their offense do. Now, that's on the head coach. I don't know who else to place it on. Yeah, I think that you, one thing you said I want to really uh, pinpoint the wording you use because it's important, and I don't want people to take it the wrong way. You said he's not great at drafting the high-end talent top of the draft. Yeah. What he is great at is filling out a roster through the draft. Mm-hmm. So what CeCe's saying is 15 and above, let's say, if you have a Mac Jones, that has not worked out to date. right? That has not in any way, shape, or form worked out. But if you look at bottom first and then second through seventh round, he's phenomenal at that. Absolutely phenomenal at some of those picks. It's that when, hey, here's the number one pick in the draft. As crazy as it sounds, I have more faith at this point that they're going to get the undrafted guys right than they do the number one overall. Like, How are you going to have sustained success in the NFL if you don't hit on those top draft picks? Well, he hasn't, and he has. Yeah, but I mean, my, I guess my point is that he had Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. What has he been without Tom Brady when he's had those top picks or like, when he's had those other draft picks? Exactly. I guess that's the point that we're making. Without Tom Brady, what kind of coach is Bill Belichick? What kind of GM is Bill Belichick? Like, all of those misses at the top of the draft, Tom Brady could mask that up. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's the ultimate deodorant when it comes to that. When you don't have that dude at quarterback, what does it look like? Not very good. And that's the problem with Belichick staying as the head coach and GM in New England. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We are brought to you by Beacon. The Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere. Beacon Always building. Coming up, a little run EMC next on Sportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Things happen fast around here. This is Run EMC. Time for a little run, EMC, on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. E, Evan, M, Michelle, C, 
Chris Canty. All right, we're going to do an AFC North version of this, and then we'll get some calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN, your unsportsmanlike moments of the weekend. Browns sit Deshaun Watson. Injury, CeCe, should they have found a way for him to fight through that? And I'm not saying he could. I'm just throwing it out there. Should he have found a way to play Joe Burrow style, which didn't really work well for Joe Burrow? Yeah, exactly. It didn't work well for Joe Burrow. So, no, the Browns did the right thing. And you're talking about them having their bye week in week five. So you give them two weeks of rest and you hopefully can come back healthy because they got a monster coming off of their bye week in the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, they, they need a healthy Deshaun Watson, especially with no Nick Chubb. Their offensive identity has had to shift and and be more centric around the quarterback. And so, yeah, I think they made the right decision in resting Deshaun against a physical AFC North rival. Yeah, he didn't really throw much in Friday's practice. He wasn't really able to. And yeah. they made the, the determination on Sunday during pregame after seeing him throw. And you have a lot of money invested in this person. You, I don't think you can risk it, risk it at all. I think they did the right thing. I'll tell you one thing. ESPN Cleveland today, really big show. Aaron Goldhammer, Tony Rizzo. You know the conversation is going to be about Andrew Barry, that general manager, in just a couple of hours when they come on the air. Did they make the right move in trading away Josh Dobbs, who looks great for the Cardinals? And he would have been their backup quarterback yesterday instead of what they have. All right, next one here on Run EMC. Um, is it panic time with the Cincinnati Bengals? Hell yeah, it's past time. And I said <laughs> this before, like, the Browns made the decision yesterday that the Bengals should have made two weeks ago, which is we ain't going to play our starting quarterback. Why? Because he's not capable of being the guy that we committed to. Joe Burrow on throws of 15 yards or more downfield is 2 of 21 on the season. He's got as many interceptions as he does completions to his receivers when you're throwing the ball 15 yards or more downfield in the air. That's a problem. That's where this offense has thrived over the last couple of years. Being able to air it out, being able to target T. Higgins, who's banged up, fractured ribs, being able to target Jamar Chase, being able to target Tyler Boyd. When they can throw the ball downfield, this is a completely different offense. Now Joe Burrow through the first four games of the season has the fewest yards per attempt of any quarterback in NFL history. He's averaging 4.8 yards an attempt. It's not Joe Burrow out there, even though the back of the jersey has Burrow on it. He's a different quarterback, and that's not a good thing. And right now, Cincinnati, with him in the lineup, being a sitting duck in the pocket, they can't be good. And so I just don't understand why they continue to put him at risk. But if they're going to continue to play him, they got no shot. I understand why they threw him out there because you know that your chance of winning rests in Joe Burrow. And if you don't have him out there on the field, you're not, you're likely not going to be able to have success. But clearly, is hindsight's always twenty twenty. In the moment, I thought it was the right decision, but clearly there's so many limitations with that calf and he's a shell of himself. So now it looks like the wrong decision. But in, in the moment, I understood why the team and why Joe Burrow wanted to have him out there. By the way, also one other thing on the Browns, shout out to David Njoku who came in the game after he had unfortunate <laughs> burns that he suffered. He wore the mask yeah. to cover up his face. Cold. The tight end. Ice cold. I mean, the mask, the fur coat, and the no shirt underneath. Tough. I won't be wearing that anytime soon. That was unbelievable by that guy. All right, now, next one. I can't believe we're hovering around this, but maybe now, possibly, could this finally be the year the Steelers finish under 500 under Mike Tomlin? I certainly wouldn't bet that way, but that's where it's trending right now. Not a good game yesterday for them. They lose to Houston 30-6. to Give C.J. Stroud clearly the best rookie quarterback credit. He was great, but Mike Tomlin asked about his team's performance and what could happen from here postgame. Hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today, and so 
Uh, we're not going to do the same things and, and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this week. Well, Kenny Pickett gets hurt as quarterback. People hear that. They assume maybe that he's going to go after the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. I don't know that Mike Tomlin would go after him publicly like that. So I, I assume it's other things. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, he might not go after him publicly, but he'll go after him privately. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's how the Steelers do business. But I think yesterday was more about the Houston Texans than it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers will be fine. You look at their schedule. They got a lot of winnable games on there. They still got the Cincinnati Bengals twice. They got the Tennessee Titans. They got the Arizona. They got games that usually – uh, when you look at the two teams and they're evenly matched, Mike Tomlin could be the difference in a positive way. I thought yesterday, in the last two weeks, have been about C.J. Stroud. The, the loss by the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Texans a couple of weeks ago doesn't look as bad. And C.J. Stroud, over 150 pass attempts, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think it's more about the Texans and C.J. Stroud than it is an indictment on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to circle back to something you just said. Oh, the Steelers will be fine. They have the Cincinnati Bengals twice. It's real. I know, but who thought that we would be there at this point of the season? I I didn't think that we would be there, but we said that this is the most competitive division in football coming into the season, and that's how it's kind of shaping up to be. I mean, if if the Bengals didn't have to deal with an injured Joe Burrow, it'd be different. But, I mean, we thought all of these teams could make a push for the playoffs. And so I just – yeah, I think the Cincinnati Bengals will probably be in the cellar because of the Joe Burrow injury, but everybody else is going to be right there. All right, let's talk with uh, Casey in Michigan, watching us, listening to us on the ESPN app on Sportsmanlike Moments of the Weekend at 888-SAY-ESPN. What's up, Casey? Listen, man, I'd much rather go to a Colorado game than a Kansas City Chiefs game, or excuse me, watch one. At least the players, or excuse me, the the people at the Colorado game have contributed to uh, football or in the sports world somehow. Um, If I wanted to see Taylor Swift, I would either bought an album or went to a concert, and I've done neither in my life. <laughs> well, I will say, and thanks for the call, when you say, and the poll question is up, at Unsports ESPN, oh, at Epco Radio, better scene, Chiefs game or Colorado game. Can't say Taylor Swift's not contributing to football, because what she's doing now, there's so many more eyes on the NFL, which already had a ridiculous amount of eyes on them. That'll be the highest-rated game maybe in regular season history last night. Yeah, and the NFL is leaning all the way into it. I mean, passing out. Friendship bracelets with the NFL Sunday <laughs> ticket on them to Smart. people that attended last night's game. Like, I get it. In the, in the cross-promotion with Taylor Swift coming out with the movie about her Eras Tour concerts. I mean, it's cool. It's all great and it's all love. But I'm with that last caller. I'd much rather go see Coach Prime in the scene out in Colorado than I would go to a game for the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift in the box. I mean, I'm probably not going to talk to Taylor Swift when I'm there. It just feels like with the Colorado scene, it's just more accessible. And I think the difference in terms of which one you would want to go to is probably a little bit cultural too. But uh, again, I think what Dion has been able to put together in making Colorado a spectacle, of all places in the college football landscape – the Colorado Buffaloes is the hottest ticket in town because of who Coach Prime has coming to the games and who Coach Prime has given the pregame speeches to his players. I mean, the baby coming to speak to the team. Not a pretty, great speech. The, the, it's not a great speech, <laughs> I mean, but it is. But, but it is the, the baby. If you're the it players the in, that, in that locker room, it doesn't really matter what he says. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 the ba- it's the baby. <laughs> but hold on. I had Little Wayne rapping when we walked on the field a few weeks ago. But when you got like Michael Irvin there. And you're going to choose the baby to give the speech? Go with Irvin. And he gave a speech in practice, but the, the, yeah, the baby but speech that would buy, I know. You have to know I, your audience. But yeah. CC said it. It's cool to have him there, but this was not like, okay, let's go. 
He's like, I went through some adversity. You yeah. guys are going to go through it too. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Michael Strahan's been there. Wu-Tang Clan has been there. Everybody has been to the Colorado uh, Buffs games. Everybody wants to see it. It's the hottest ticket in college football. It's the two two biggest scenes in sports right now. The yeah. Chiefs and Colorado, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Of course. Because <laughs> we had that on the bingo card. And Eric Bieniemy had to leave because he's the one that actually connects both of them. He had to go to Washington instead. <laughs> right? This is the worst year for Eric Bieniemy. He He would have been made a head coach by connecting Dion and Taylor Swift. Well, even in a loss by Colorado, they were once again the biggest story in college football. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Colorado did a hell of a job this weekend. Yes, they lost. Yes, USC is 5-0, but 48-41, the USC victory over Colorado. Caleb Williams, six touchdowns and a pick. He has been amazing. 21 touchdowns, one interception. 21. Well done. One interception. (laughs) Uh, so far this season, which is just, I mean, he's going to win the Heisman again, at least mm-hmm. as of now. Shador mm-hmm. Sanders also had another monster game, four touchdowns. But, you know, we could sit here and we could hype up that game, and we will, and we can. But I don't think that was the moment of the weekend for college football. So people may be sitting there saying, okay, was well, it the Georgia comeback against Auburn? No, wasn't that either. Wasn't that either. Is it Alabama back? Now it could be, but no, I don't think it's that. I think it's uh, it happened on our airwaves, on ESPN, on College Game Day. When uh, Duke and Notre Dame played this weekend, and College Game Day was there, and Ken Jong, great actor, comedian, was the um, celebrity guest picker. And Ken Jong's um, wife has an interesting name, and he shouted her out during his um, pregame at College Game Day for his school that he went to, Duke. Let's take a listen to the actor slash comedian. I went to Duke. I am Duke. I studied at Duke. I am back at Duke. Duke gave me my life. If it wasn't for Duke, I wouldn't be here right now on ESPN College Game Day. Quite frankly and quite simply, this is our moment. This is our moment. Everything he said, because there are two things in life that complete me. My hoe and food. His wife, Tran, Tran Ho Jung. So he shouted her out. It was very nice of him this weekend to shout out the two things that complete him in life. 
Okay, I don't even know where I'm going to go with that one. Smile? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm smiling. I just don't want to say anything inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> you, there's nothing to you say. You basically pulled the pin and handed me a grenade. I don't, no, I did not. Like, you're, you're acting like I'm an adult. I'm not mature enough to be able to handle that joke. Well, he's. Done, <laughs> I love that he does that because he truly has fun on there. Sure. And, uh, yeah, he, he is taking advantage of his wife's uh, name, obviously, in that okay. spot. So there you go with Ken John. taking advantage of his wife's name. Okay. Well, he has. Okay. I mean, he used it to his advantage there. Okay. Uh, so Colorado and USC. All right. Colorado and USC this weekend. <laughs> I think that Colorado can have the moral victory game. I, I really do at this point in year one of this development, and Dion talked about it post game. If you can't see what's coming with CU football, you've lost your mind. You're just a flat-out hater if you can't see what's going on and what's going to transpire over the next several months. Something's wrong with you. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, he's right. They're in their, in essence, rookie season. It's what I, I've said, and I think we've all said about Jordan Love. And I know he's not a rookie, but it's like, okay, so just all you need to see from game one till game 17 is development. If you don't look at what happened with Colorado on Saturday and think that's development, and people are saying, oh, well, we shouldn't hype them because they still lost. Look at what they've been versus what they are. That's a hell of a job by Deion Sanders. They no. won one game last year. One game. And he's tripled that output so far this year. And they were right there with USC after a bad loss to Oregon. They could have won that game. They outscored the Trojans 27-14 in the second half and 14 nothing in the fourth quarter. I know that because of all the hype surrounding Dion and Colorado, that a moral victory is not enough, that you need to beat teams like number 8 USC, win the expectations and the hype are certain to a certain level, but coming into the season, they had won one game. You would have never expected Colorado to even be at this point with a number eight USC and Caleb Williams. Yeah, they were down 34-7 in this game, and it was a one-touchdown loss. Like, I, I mean, again, they, they were, they were what, three-touchdown dogs going into this game? So the fact that they were able to be that much more competitive after falling down as big as they were early, coming off of the loss against Oregon where they got trounced 42-6, to speaks to the sports character of this team. And, and I think that's the part where you have to tip your cap to Coach Prime and say this is impressive, even though from a talent standpoint, we recognize that you're not on par with some of the other upper echelon Pac-12 teams. Your squad still had a chance to compete. Now, the play calling at the end was absolutely atrocious. I don't know why they insisted on running the football on that last drive when clearly it was a two-touchdown game and they had to be able to score twice. Like, and you had limited timeouts. Like, to me, that was awful. Their offensive coordinator needs to do a mea culpa in that locker room this week. But I would say that, I mean, this is a team that had it not been for some some miscues early, would have had a chance to upset a top-10 squad in USC. Think about this. Jace Feely misses the field goal, 41-yard chip shot in the first half. I don't know why that guy is still kicking when they had Alejandro Mata actually take over for him two weeks ago. That's absolutely ridiculous. And then you had the situation where uh, Vassett decides that he's going to take longer than he needs to to punt the football. You get a block kick that ends up leading to a touchdown. So those are the things that – Prime can't afford when you're dealing with a team that's superior in talent level. But again, those are mistakes that he can work this way, work his team past. And I think that as he continues with his program building, as long as they have things that they can hang their hat on, signs of growth, signs of progress, he's going to be in great shape. Again, Jay-Z was at the game this weekend. Coach Prime, even though he didn't get a win on the field, he's getting wins when he's on the phones with these recruits and these guys that are looking to transfer. I would be shocked 
if Colorado doesn't have a top five recruiting class after what we've seen through the first five games for Coach Prime. Assuming he's there, which I think at this point, I'm actually assuming he is there because all indications are he's talked about the idea he wants to be there past this year. But also remember, they played two top ten teams over the last two weeks. They have at Arizona State, home against Stanford, at UCLA. I'm not suggesting those are easy games. I'm suggesting those are not top 25 teams. Now, the other thing about Alabama I want to go to here. Alabama beat up on Mississippi State this weekend, 40-17. to 17. And Jalen Milrow, their quarterback, is now entrenched as the guy. They're using him as that dual threat. He had two rushing touchdowns. There's something about a Nick Saban team going through early adversity and being written off that if I'm a gambler, I'm kind of betting on them to make a little run here. And I understand that they haven't looked unbelievable, but there's something about this group that is different than every other Nick Saban team we've seen for the last however many years where they're not the favorite to do anything anymore, right? And I understand this week is going to be hard. They're going on the road at Texas A&M, one of Saban's former assistants, of course, and Jimbo Fisher. I don't know. I'm kind of high on this Alabama story right now. So now, of course, they'll lose as a result of me saying yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like you just gave them the kiss of death. But, I mean, <laughs> they've got three top 25 ranked opponents, as I see it, remaining on their schedule. And two of those games are at home in Tennessee and LSU. I think they're on the road at Kentucky. That's later on in the yes. season in November. But, I mean, yeah, I could absolutely see this Bama team going on a run. And this reminds me of a lot of the early Alabama Nick Saban teams where they do it with defense That's and right. a glorified game manager. Now, the difference in how Jalen Milrow does it is that he's going to utilize his legs as much as he is his arm in order to convert for first downs and sustained drives. But they're going to play really good defense, and they're going to make themselves really hard to beat by not having those self-inflicted wounds, not making those mistakes. So I think this reverts back to when Nick Saban first took over Alabama and what those teams looked like and how they had success. They were basically playing bully ball. We're going to run the football, and we're going to play really, really good defense, and we're going to make you earn your wins. And unfortunately enough for him, there weren't a whole lot of teams that could do that. Yeah, the defense, three interceptions, returned one for a touchdown in that game. Alabama this season feels a little bit like Geno Smith. We all tried to write him off. They didn't write back, though. I don't know. We all all want the – the guy who's been on top for a long time to be done. We're doing it with Bill Belichick. We've, we're doing it with Dabo. We're doing it with Nick Saban. But I wasn't ready to write off this Alabama team just yet. They're not the classic, we're going to be at the top of the pyramid, beat you up Alabama team, but it's still a good team. Yeah, here's the other thing. I mean, Georgia had to come back against Auburn. And, and, I mean, again, it doesn't feel like it's that year where there's that clear-cut uh, favorite, like the team that, that everybody is chasing after. It seems like there's a group of – you know, six to eight teams that we could see going on a run and winning a national title, I would say that Alabama is one of those eight teams, just looking at it through the first five or six weeks of the college football season. Which is a huge compliment, considering the way in which people looked at them for the last few weeks prior to this week, maybe. Uh, The other thing from college football, shout-out to Pat McAfee, noon until 3 Eastern time, ESPN TV, YouTube, ESPN+. A uh, little puke and rally for him. He uh, admitted on air that he threw up during game day, <laughs> uh, during a break, and then he kept fighting through. Gamer. See, gamer. Right? So Joe Burrow, CC says, is, is dumb in the way he's going about this and trying to be a gamer. Deshaun Watson and the Browns, CC says, no, that's the right move. McAfee, we give a check mark. A puke and rally there for McAfee. Coming up, decision time, maybe, for some NFL teams. We'll get to that next. Plus, someone wants to call us out. We love that. It's on Sportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM Channel 80, and the ESPN app. Along with someone that ran 13.1 miles yesterday after a pulled pork sandwich. That is... Michelle Smallman. Yeah, because it ain't Chris Canning. I would never <laughs> even think about running 13 miles. Would pulled you eat pork a pulled pork sandwich? Pulled pork sandwich or not? I would eat a pulled pork sandwich, though. It was amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Pro Pig in, uh, in Vermont. In Pro, Water... Pro Pig is Pro the name Pig of the in Waterbury, Vermont. I had a killer pulled pork sandwich, a glass of red wine, and a pumpkin cheesecake that was to die for the night before the race. Is that a normal pre-race meal? I eat whatever I want. I play for the tie. That's my life motto. I work out so that I can eat whatever I want. Good for you. Good for you. Is, for is adding bacon to a pulled pork sandwich overkill? Is it feels a little excessive. I love it, though. It's so not that but you've this, ever done that. Not, no, 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 not, no, that, not, that, not that. that. Okay, but let me paint the picture for you. This was pulled pork on a really fluffy bun. It had a marinated slaw and pickles on top, plus barbecue sauce. So it feels like bacon might have been just a little bit too much. Mm. There was already a lot happening. There's no there. such thing as bacon being too much. No such thing. Sounds like there is. I just just don't believe in that. Uh, All right. We're going to get to some decision-making time for some of these NFL teams because we're kind of at that point where, like, you got to make a decision on something. Uh, We want some more unsportsmanlike moments from the weekend at 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Curtis in North Carolina watching and listening on the ESPN app. What's up, Curtis? What's going on, guys? How you doing, Michelle? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, th- this is really for Canty and Evan because I got receipts. You know, this, this is <laughs> Bill's Mafia reporting live. Canty, I-, I watched your man crush yesterday just get spanked like a middle school kid who had been acting out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you had the nerve to tell me that the Miami Dolphins had the most explosive offense ever and that they were going straight to the Super Bowl. Did we forget that Buffalo is they daddy? <laughs> I must now, have. Now, I, mu- now, I must me, have. I must have forgotten. Let me get over to Evan. Yeah. Let me get over Go to ahead. Evan. Evan, you told me that, yes, Josh Allen is good, but he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. Have you lost your mind? Yeah, we seems need like formal it. apologies on this radio station right now. Okay. And I'm going to get off the line. Michelle, All right. I love you. 
This is not directed to you. I need formal apologies from these two young men. Okay. Love you too, Curtis. Thank well, you. Well, hold on. First of all, why should we apologize when we're the ones to help get the bills back on track? Uh, yeah, we if, should, it, if it wasn't for us. our critique of Josh Allen and that <laughs> abysmal week one game against the Jets, right. we had four turnovers mm-hmm. and gave the Jets their only chance at being able to win that football game in overtime – then we wouldn't see this version of Josh Allen that only has one turnover in the last three games. You should be thanking us, Bills Mafia. We did you a favor by bigging up Tua, by talking about how explosive the Dolphins' offense was. You don't think the people in Orchard Park, the people in that Bills organization heard those things? Of course they did, and they responded yesterday. They blew the doors off the Miami Dolphins. They dropped 48 points on them. Their receivers kept hitting their heads on the goalposts, Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. It was a track meet, and speaking of running track, it was a meeting at the quarterback for the defensive line. We ain't never seen Tua in any of these games get hit the way that he got hit yesterday. So Bills Mafia, chill out. We did you a solid. Christine Lisi would agree with you. She's the biggest Bills fan at ESPN. Shout out to her, by the way. I know she's going to have the Victory Monday Suites. Guys in Bristol enjoy that. But yeah, listen, Bills Mafia, I know you feel a way, but we did you a solid. You should be thanking us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Here's the thing. After game one, if you were going to sit there and be complimentary of the Buffalo Bills, something's wrong with you. And I think that if you're a Bills fan, you have to be thankful that that opening night happened the way it did. Because we don't know that they get to this place unless that happens. That was a massive embarrassment that I think that was finally the wake-up call for Josh Allen. Yes, but after that game, and I know Curtis brought the receipts, everybody was ready to write Josh Allen off, saying the turnovers are too problematic. He's not the guy that could get the Bills to a Super Bowl. He's not going to be a guy that can win a Super Bowl for the Bills. And I said he's still a top five, maybe a top three quarterback. It feels very reactionary. Was the game bad? Absolutely. You cannot lose to the Jets when the when the air is taken out of the tires, when Aaron Rodgers is lost for the season. You Mm -hmm. absolutely cannot do that. And if you're Josh Allen and you're the face of that franchise, you cannot be the one that is the cause of that. However, it did feel like a little reactionary to just write him off and write the bills off in that moment, even though it was coming off a very, very bad loss. Well, I think what I said was something along the lines of the fact that the Buffalo Bills have a quarterback in Josh Allen that amongst those that are already at that upper echelon level of quarterback – He's the most overrated of that group, comparing him to guys like Mahomes and obviously Joe Burrow, who's been banged up, and Jalen Hurts, et cetera. I think that's really what my theme was. But again, if you're going to get on us, which we love, for getting on the Bills after week one, come on, be fair. All right, I want to go through a couple of teams here and a couple of decisions that need to be made uh, with those teams. When did the Falcons make a decision around Desmond Ritter? Yesterday. (laughs) That it's over? It's over. I mean, he's bottom five when it comes to QBR. He's bottom five when it comes to completion percentage above expected. This guy is a quarterback that that throws the ball off target a lot of the times, and those often lead to turnovers. Like yesterday, it's inexcusable to throw a pick six and then turn around on the very next play and throw the ball to the other team again. You keep putting your defense up against it, and this Falcons team is a good team. Like, they're good on defense, better than advertised. They've got good skill position players on offense. I think their offensive line is better than advertised. They just need the right trigger man, and it's clear that Desmond Ritter ain't that dude. And for a coach that's on the hot seat, they need to get competent quarterback play in there immediately in order to save that guy's job. So I would look at this situation as them having the most urgency of any team to get a, an upgrade at the quarterback spot. Do you think they've already called Minnesota? They should. They should. 
Minnesota wins yesterday. All the reporting, the Athletic had a report over the weekend that they're not interested in trading these guys, but that may be right now against the game with the Carolina. That sounds like negotiating to me. Right. Also, Carolina, the reports that Carolina wants to add a receiver. What do you add? I mean, I understand they don't have their own pick. What are you adding? You don't need to add any. Just no. stay the course. Yeah, just right? don't get Bryce Young killed. That's exactly. right. Him surviving his rookie year is the win. Absolutely. Which, by the way, we're not there yet, but we're not that far away from doing the redraft of should they have drafted C.J. Stroud, and I don't want that to be a knock on Bryce Young as much as it is a compliment on C.J. Stroud. All right, well, Bryce is, Young does get knocked around a lot, and that's yeah. the problem. C.J. Stroud's are good. He's yeah. not big. No. He's not, I mean, he's re, looks really small looks out small. there. Yeah. All right, uh, Bears chase Claypool. Oof. It seems like they've made a decision, but CC they had to like issue a statement saying, no, 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 he didn't no-show. We told him not to come. This was an ugly th- – they've had so many ugly moments already this season. It's almost borderline sad. There was a gray area as to where Chase Claypool was yesterday. Yeah, they missed on it. They, they gave up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, and now the reports are out there that they're looking for a fifth or sixth rounder in return for trading him. Not exactly the return on investment that you thought you were going to get. So, yeah, this was a mistake by Ryan Poles. Like you, you have to add this as a black mark against his ledger, and you wonder if all of those are going to add up to him being ousted along with Matt Eberflus at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that they've already made a decision, no? I can't imagine that it's going to get better from here. You have questions about his effort. He's making comments to the media. Then he's not there yesterday. It's not looking good for his relationship with the Bears. You know, one other decision that was quietly made is that the, the Cardinals are not taking Kyler Murray off the physically unable to perform list. I still say he plays no games this year. And that Josh Dobbs plays the entire season for them. I think that is That's just smart business. Yeah. That's smart business. Yeah, because they're going to get rid of him anyway at the end of the season. Don't let him get hurt again and devalue him. Exactly. Was last night the biggest regular season game we've ever seen? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.